Back to the Culture Call on Praise 93.3 with L. Spencer Smith. Our desire is to reach and empower the community by discussing a cross-section of relevant topics from various perspectives that are essential to its growth and interpersonal connections. Be sure to save our call-in number 205-752-4800. Be sure to install the free Praise 93.3 app so you can send L. Spencer Smith a message or topic idea. Search for WTSK in your app store. This is the world premiere. Great morning, great morning, great morning. You know what time it is, precious people. That's right. It's time for the culture call. Welcome. Welcome with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. It is indeed what? The place where Tuscaloosa meets the world. And guess what? For the next two hours, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., we're going to be talking a little bit about everything. That's right, everything from society to sports, education to economics, from religion to relationships. And as always, we are here to create a safe space to have uh, empowering, provocative, and yes, sometimes controversial conversations. I think today might be a little controversial. I don't know. And guess what? You can call in or you can chat it up and be a part of the show while we learn together right here on The Culture Call. Listen, I want to welcome those of you who are, this is your first time being a part of The Culture Call. Maybe you uh, stumbled across it. Maybe somebody told you, hey, you need to check out that guy that's on from 10 to 12. He's talking some stuff. Yeah, maybe that's you. Yeah, I don't know, but welcome to the Culture Call family. We have a lot of fun over here, and I am glad and grateful that you are our part. That's right. Keep it right here for the next two hours, and I promise you, you're going to learn something uh, that's going to be a blessing to you. And of course, those of you who join me every day, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Yeah, we could not do this without you, and so yeah. Thank you so very much for making this show exactly what it is Monday through Friday. Absolutely. Um, Listen, got something for you to do. Got some uh, day work, not homework. (laughs) I got something for you to do. Go ahead. And uh, I say this every morning. Go ahead. Open your smart device and go to your app store. That's right. Every smart device has an app store and you can go there and you can find uh, an app. Praise 93.3 app. That's right. Go ahead and download it. It's free 99. Doesn't cost you a thing. And guess what that will enable you to do? To hear us from all around the country. Absolutely. And wherever you can get reception and good downloads, you know, uh, you know, a good, uh, what you call it, internet signal, wireless signal. Guess what? You can hear Praise 93 and you can catch the culture call no matter if you're in Dallas, Texas, Los Angeles, California. That's right. Portland, Oregon, and definitely right here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and the surrounding areas, Birmingham, Huntsville, uh, Bology, Gordo, Reform. Listen, I don't want to get in trouble calling out and folks be calling up here and saying, you ain't called my city. I'm talking about you too. (laughs) That's right. You can hear us from all around the world with that app. So go ahead and download that app. Also, do me a favor. Go ahead and send me your public service announcements or your for your events, uh, for your organization, your church, your sorority, your fraternity. You know, hey, go ahead and send it to culturecall.praise at gmail.com. 
Com. That's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. And give me an opportunity to tell Lottie, Dottie, Potty, Sotty, everybody about what is happening in your neck of the woods. Listen, who does the program and doesn't want people to show up? Who wants to uh, put on a concert? Yeah, who wants to do a revival and have nobody in the place? So, yeah, we want to make sure that everybody knows what's going on and be a blessing to you. Make sure folks show up. You know why? Because we do it better when we do it together. And as always, as always, you can write down this number, 205-752-4800, and you can call in. That's 205-752-4800, and you can call into the show. Let me know what you're thinking. Also, on the app, that's right. Here is a good thing about the app is that you can send me a chat message. You sure can. Right. And I will read it on the air and you can tell me whether how I'm doing, whether I'm stinking up the joint, whether I'm, a, I'm doing a good job. I love it because many times people put on there what they want me to talk about and everything. Listen, I just want you to stay connected. Also, want to remind you, so many of you have been asking me, how do we catch this show uh, uh, when, when I'm at work? Sometimes I'm not able to listen to it for from the hours of 10 to 12, but so many people keep talking about it and I want to hear it again. But guess what we've done? We've begin to, begun to archive the Culture Call on Apple Podcasts. That's right, Apple Podcasts. We're going to expand to Spotify and other places, but right now you can get us on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and uh, subscribe to Culture Call. It's free. And, um, yeah, you can go back and hear all of the old shows that we've done and uh, and the new ones from day to day. Yeah, somebody puts it up daily and you can listen to it. Absolutely. We want to make sure that you don't miss anything that we are talking about. Oh, one more thing. I want you to go on your social media site. By this time, everybody should have some level of social media sites. You should be on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. If you're a little young at heart, you know, I'm still trying to figure out that TikTok thing. I'm still working on that, right? <laughs> but nonetheless, go ahead to Facebook because that's where we are currently Facebook and go ahead and search out The Culture Call and just simply like the page. That's right. You can find out what our topics are every morning. Uh, you can find uh, how to get to our podcast. You can see uh, many of the announcements and sometimes the points that we talk about on the show. That's right. So go ahead to Facebook uh, uh, Facebook, and you can hit search out rather Culture Call, The Culture Call, and uh, we'll come up and go ahead and like the page and you can be a part of the show. You can make sure that you don't miss anything. Absolutely. Listen, do me a favor. Sit back and relax. Grab you some coffee. You know how we do it around here. Maxwell House or Starbucks. Uh-huh. Or get you some, uh, uh, some herbal tea, some chamomile, or some green tea. You know what? The chamomile is for when you're trying to calm down, right? Give you a little, give you a little, take the little edge off the day. Or the green tea is to give you a little caffeine kick. It's healthy. Right. Uh, and you can do that or definitely you can get some alkaline water. Now, alkaline water is important. That's right. Drink water before you drink your coffee or anything in the morning and start detoxing that body, getting yesterday out of your system, giving your body enough moisture and hydration uh, to push through all that stuff through your system. Yeah. And get down to that cellular level. Wake yourself up. Say, hey, we're going to have a great day. And come on, let's get into the culture. Listen, we've had a mighty, mighty, mighty powerful week of conversation, uh, talking a little bit about stress, uh, talking about 
you know, uh, uh, grief and planning the holidays and all that kind of stuff. How you gonna how you gonna handle that? You, we, we're talking about all how you maintain your peace and how to be stress free. All of that is so very important, especially in the times in which we live today. You know, uh, in the in our communities, you know, we 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 handle and we toggle with stress every day. I get it, from family to work. Uh, to finances, from personal situations, you know, all of that uh, happens to us. And so I wanted to make sure uh, that we had that conversation. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up in another couple of weeks, and we got to prepare our, our stressless plans. I hope that all of you have already planned your stressless. You know, you got that aggravating cousin. Don't act like it. I know you holy and saved, but you know they're aggravating, right? You got that cousin. And you got folks around you like, yo, I just don't want to deal with them, right? Well, go ahead and set your plan because you got to go to the family eating. You know, you know you're going to go. Uh, you don't have to stay, but you know you got to show your face. So go ahead and have a stress-less plan, stress-less strategies for the holidays. Maybe I'll come on and do that, uh, stress-less strategies for the holidays. Y'all let me know if you want me to do one like that, right? Um, because I think that's very, very important. Listen, ain't no use to getting your pressure all up by people who do the same thing year after year, right? None, right. And so uh, we've had a great week. And I wanted to end the week off because I'm going to start next week <laughs> with this subject that I'm getting ready to deal with today. And that is measuring up. Can you measure up to the standard, to your standard that you set for other people? Uh-oh. Yeah. Can you measure up to the standards that you set for other people. You know, a lot of us like to tell people, you know, what, what they can do and what they shouldn't do and X, Y, Z, and they got to be this. You know, we're hearing a lot about that in relationships. We hear a lot about that. You know, they need to, they need to do X, Y, Z. They need to do A, B, C, and they got to have this. And they gotta, Do you have that? Right? <laughs> you know, sometimes we can be so overly critical of people that we really forget that, if people really turned the lights on back on us, we wouldn't be able to measure up. Yeah, that's the truth. That a lot of people like to tell you what you should be doing. And then when you put it back on them, guess what? They're sitting there like, well, holy, why are you judging me? No, you just judge me. Can you, are you asking for things from people in relationships, in your church, from your community that you don't measure up to that standard? That I feel like whatever you ask me to bring to the table, you at least ought to have in your refrigerator or in your pantry, right? If it, you know, you at least ought to meet me halfway. Can you do that? We're living in a society every day. You know, uh, on social media, there was just this thing about restaurants you can't go to, you know. And I know I understand that it was a spoof. It was a skit. Uh, or something like that, you know, but it, it, but it got the culture to thinking. It got the folks to thinking, you know, uh, this, this one was like, yo, this man's taking me out. He's my boyfriend, but he's taking me out to a low-class restaurant for like Cheesecake Factory. Now you got to understand. <laughs> and then that, you know, somebody came up with a list of things you can't do on a first date, a list of things that guys can't do and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm like, yo, Okay, can you take can you take me where you want to go? Where you the man? No, 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 no. Can you meet the same standard if the shoe was on the other foot? Because we never think about that. 
we never think about whether the if the shoe was on the other foot, could we meet the same standards and demands that we put on other folks? And I think that is about self-examination and self-awareness. You know, the text, the word says, the scripture says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith or not. We are very good of talking about sins of other people and the misbehavior and the bad habits of other folks. But we really, really never measure ourselves, right? We talk about people lying. They lie and they don't do this and, you know, X, Y, Z. But you don't ever talk about your gluttony, how you eat too much, how you sow seeds of discord among the brethren. And see, there's a certain mentality and a certain attitude and mindset that we get away with that because we're not around people that will push back. Well, wait a minute now. You calling them fat and we had to grease you to get you in the car. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And every we know every we know people like that all the time. And a lot of times they masqueraded behind Jesus and 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 faith and being religious. Yeah. You know, we're living in a time where wars and rumors of wars, we love that one, right? And, and of course, Jesus said that's not even the end times. That's the, when you look at when you see all of that happens, don't think it's the end. It's the beginning of sorrows. It's the beginning of labor pains. Something is about to be born. The world is changing. The world is going to change. When you start seeing governments upheavals and all that, the world is about to change. And you might as, might as well get ready for something new in your time. Maybe you shouldn't be looking for the end of the world, but maybe you should be looking for the end of this world, this current idea, this current framework, right? Instead of, you know, sending people to, to eternal damnation, maybe I need to look and turn that mirror on myself. Do I pray like I'm supposed to pray? Do I treat people like I want to be treated? Yeah. And, 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 and should I even open my mouth judging other people? Because I know I've got things to work on for myself. Is my expectations clear? Are they clear? Yeah. Am, am, am I willing to hold myself to the same regard that I'm willing to hold, you know, the person that I'm in relationship with? Yeah. You have to think about that. Are you measuring up? Not am I measuring up. Are you the same measurements you placed on me and that you placed on others can you handle that same load of your standard? You know? And that was the problem that Jesus had with the Pharisees. You know? Uh, that, yeah, you, 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 you telling people to do this. Yeah. You telling them to do it and how they mess up this. And you, why, you, know, you wash your hands and you pray out loud. Yeah, okay. But inside of you, you got situations going on. You know, you're trying to catch people in this this sin or whatever, you're trying to expose them. But what if the lights were turned on in your house, in your closet? What would we find? What would be the conversation piece if we went through your phone? If we, if we saw the pictures that you have? Uh-huh. What would be the conversation? Uh, you, you, people talk about folks so much, but in your conversations, how many times did you talk about somebody today? How many phone calls did you take? Uh, you know, putting your part on things that have nothing to do with you. You know, I think it's very important for us. If we're going to ever be uh, an intelligent and an empathetic humanity, we've got to begin to look at ourselves. You know, again, a lot of us prove daily. Hear me now. 
a lot of us prove daily culture call that we don't love ourselves. Why? How, do, how can you say that? Bishop, how can you say that? L, how can you say that? I don't love myself. I love, I do such and so for me. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. But the, the, the text says that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the fact that you cannot love your neighbor says something about what you view about yourself. When you hate your neighbor, in turn, you really hate yourself. You know? How can you look at, you know, I'm, I'm bewildered in this geopolitical religious thing that's going on right now. How can you be sympathetic to an Israeli child, but not a Palestinian child? Who, how, how, how can you weep for one and say the other who is the same age, have never done anything, first of all, to you and to anybody else? How can you look at them and say they deserve it simply because of this? You know, we got to watch that because the, the, the people that did that said the same thing about black people, said the same thing about uh, Native American people, and they say it about every person that they meet other than their children. You know, other than their children. And it is unfortunate that we live in that kind of world, that we don't know how to hold our own selves accountable to the, to the standards and the measurements that we set on other people. Absolutely. You say, I'm supposed to pay my taxes, but you ain't paid yours. You're supposed, you say that I'm supposed to love my wife, and you beating up yours. Huh? How do we do that without any sense of convic conviction? You know? Without any sense of concern. You know, I, be I believe that when we understand that all of us, but for the grace of God, could be in a totally different situation than we find ourselves in right now, I believe, here's what I believe, Culture Call, I believe that once we, when we really look at ourselves, we'll say, you know what? I need to have grace on someone else. I need to have mercy on someone else because life, mercy, God, most importantly, has had mercy on me. But we don't look at it like that, right? See, that woman on, you know, in that skit, the woman said, he, you know, how he bring me to this low-level restaurant uh, cheesecake factory. Now I can remember a time when Cheesecake Factory was one of the one of the premier restaurants that everybody was trying to go to. And uh, you know, you ask me now, I've had an opportunity to have some you know some amazing meals around the uh, around the country, around the world, really. <laughs> you know, I've eaten in many places, and you know, you, you know, Cheesecake Factory is still one of the places that I, I would love I love to go, and I can afford to go other places. But, you know, he, he, but see, what you didn't say, here it is, is that he, he booked something, a, a better, a higher standard restaurant, but because it took you too long to get ready, they, the, those kind of restaurants do not hold no seats. You know, this is not Burger King, have your way. When you get to a certain level of restaurant, their services, if you're not there on time, they're going to give you a five to 10 minute, you know, leeway, a grace period, and then your, your reservation is gone. Right. You didn't say that you made y'all late. And so he made plans. He said Cheesecake Factory wasn't even his first plan. <laughs> that was the second plan. You see, but you didn't say anything about that. See, it's what we don't say. 
when we judge. It, it's what we don't, we don't take ownership of our part. Yeah. You can say they did X, Y, Z and ABC to you, but yeah, what did you do? See, as a pastor, when I talk to people and they come to me about something that has happened to some between them and somebody else, I learned long ago from my grandmother is that my grandmother was a principal. And she says, anytime she said to me, anytime a teacher comes to me about another teacher, I stop the conversation. I said, why, Grandma? She said, because that's one person's perspective. I need to hear the whole thing. So what my grandma would do was call the other teacher in the, in the office and find out exactly, okay, and then, y'all just, my grandma was amazing. She would say, okay, she came to me and told me that this is what happened, and you did this and you did that. And the other teacher would be like, wait a minute, what? hold on. Did she not tell you that this happened first? No, she ain't say that. See, see, a lot of times people will construct, and we're going to talk a little bit about this a little later, people will construct narratives that are so dangerous that does not hold them accountable to their actions, to their own actions. Absolutely. Pastor, I don't know why she left me. She just started turning out wicked. But see, you didn't tell me, you didn't put the part in about how you were treating her and you not coming home at night, and you X, Y, Z. You didn't tell me how you treated him, though. Right? You didn't say what you did in the issue. Right? And, and so, you, you uh, <laughs> yeah, because that makes a difference. Well, why does that even matter? Why I got to tell you what I did? Uh, because you're trying to create a narrative where you are the hero and or the victim, when in fact you probably are the villain in the situation. And a lot of people lack self-awareness and self-reflection. They lack that uh, commitment to personal growth, to their own personal growth. One of the things that I have come to understand is that I cannot expect from others what I am not willing to at least give to them. Absolutely. I know we all function at different levels of ability, different levels of intellect, different levels of, you know, personality, different levels of spirituality. I get it. I get it. You know, one of the things that's sad right now is that uh, uh, one of the uh, great preachers of our time is passing away, Bishop Carlton Pearson. And, uh, of course, he, he, uh, everybody loved him when he was doing Azusa, and then he got into some, uh, some uh, theological, ideological uh, interpretations of the text. And... Uh, uh, you know, and then everybody started calling him a heretic. Everybody say boom, boom, boom. Well, now he is dwindling away, even as we speak, of cancer and that he's been fighting a long time. And, you know, everybody's putting on social media. Everybody's putting on Facebook. Oh, he going to lift his eyes in hell and all these different kinds of things. And, you know, all this, he's a heretic and all this. And should we not as Christians stand up for the Bible or stand up for the truth, stand up for the, what is right? Right, And I'm like, okay, how about this? Let's do the easy thing. Let's do the easy thing. He is, he's passing away and he's simply asking for your prayers. His family is standing by watching their, their father dwindle away. People who love him. And now you, cause see, my thing is when he was healthy, you didn't bring it up before you knew where he was. Why are you bringing it up now? You don't even know him. 
And most of the people who calling him that, see now again, because I've been, I, 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 I was, I'm at meetings, I'm in that world. I like what well, define what you talking about. What, what actually are you? This ain't no new thing that he's talking about. This was never a new thing. It's always been debated in theological circles. But you know why you don't know? Because you ain't never been in those kind of circles. You're just parroting something you heard somebody else say. You even know the full context of what he's talking about. You saw what Hollywood showed you, but you've never done a study on what he's saying. Right? You've never done that. You're just on the bandwagon. Throw him under bus. He's going to hell. We've got to be very careful how we do that. But see, if it was you and or your loved one, you want the preacher to preach your, your, your cousin, your nephew in the heaven that was selling drugs on the street, you know, he, uh, you, you, that, that, that was beating up his wife, that was doing, that abandoned her kids, something happened to her, you want us, you want the whole Jubilee Choir dressed in white. You want, you know, the angels uh, to, to, to march up to the pearly gates with trumpets and trombones. Yeah. See, because we never think about it if it was our parent. We never think about it if it was someone that we loved. And here's my thing. Here is my thing. As a theologian, as one who has been to seminary, I can already tell you that 50, 60% of the people, 70% of the people who talking don't know what they are talking about. And yet we're so quick to judge. Yet I woke up, with, I made a comment and I woke up this morning and I read a report. I read a post and I was like, oh, okay, all right. I got time this morning. You know, I got time today. And I said, okay, well, you tell me the council historical council where this was deemed apostasy and heresy. You tell me that. Tell, tell, me, tell me what council that that was rendered. Well, I, you, I don't know. Okay, then why are you talking about it now? And where are you getting your information from? What, what are you talking? Who are you parroting? You can't, listen, why are we talking about ideology now? Why are we talking about theology right now when all they simply ask is, could you pray? Right? Oh, because I believe this, whether it is whether it's wrong or whatever, it's going to be dealt with by the only one who can judge. By the only one who can adjudicate. I, I, that's what my belief is. My thing is to make sure that I do the best I can to understand what my assignment is in the world. We are so quick to do things to other people, never understanding what that means for us, that when you sow a seed of judgment or when you make, you set such a high standard for other people, guess what you've just done? You've also set that high standard for yourself. And we must, in this centering moment, we must begin to think about how we need to hold ourselves accountable. Now, I'm going to say that again. We need to think about, are we holding ourselves accountable? Hmm? How are you doing with you? How are you doing with your weight while you're calling somebody else fat? How are you doing with your language since you're talking about somebody cussed so much? How are you doing with your faith since you're fussing at those who doubt? How, how, how are you doing? Huh? We need to examine ourselves to see whether we are exactly what we say we are demanding from other people. 
Why are you asking me to love you on a level that you're not even capable of loving me on? We must hold ourselves accountable. It's going to be a great day on the Culture Call. Yeah, this has been your centering moment, but I need you to keep it right here, right here with L. Spencer Smith, yours truly, right on Praise 93.3. It's going to be an awesome day. Don't miss it. This is a world we are back. Listen, I want to remind you, you're free to call in 205-752-4800, or you can hit me up on the chat as we discuss today, yeah, about measuring up. <laughs> yeah, measuring up. Are you, are you qualified? Are you really ready to deal with examining yourself? Because guess what? That's the only way you're going to get better. You talking about other people and us coming down hard on other folks don't make us any better than them. Because while you're talking about my toilet, I could be talking about your bathroom. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that, that means your, your entire bathroom. I, your kitchen ain't clean. Why are you talking about my bedroom? You know? And I think this is a very important conversation, especially for our community, because we really, really drive the cultural conversations in the country. I wish we understood that, that we have way more power and way more access to information. Or better yet, not just access to information, but we, we set the trends so very much that we need to really begin to understand, you know, are we really being accountable to ourselves in what we do and what we say and how we act? That there can never be left apart from us a level of empathy feeling for other people's situation. I think black folks do that well, but sometimes we miss the mark. Sometimes we miss the mark. And that is an indication that something is unhealed in us. Yeah, when you are hypercritical and hyperjudgmental of other people, that is a clear indication that somebody hurt you and it still hurt. You haven't healed properly. Because... There's got to be an element in you that says, let me keep my mouth closed. You know what? I tell people all the time, shut up is a gift. Shut up is a gift. Hush is a gift. You, the old folks had it right when they used to say, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, be quiet. If you ain't got nothing nice to say about somebody, be quiet. But we're in this, we're in this free market of exchange of conversation and word that we feel like we just got to say it because it's on my heart. I better, I need to say it because it's on my mind. Not even realizing that you could be setting a trend to ensnare yourself. That you literally, literally could be speaking something and saying something that will ensnare you in your future. You know what? Because one of the things that we need to understand is that when we speak, we shape the world. We shape the world that we live in. When we talk about people, those words are invisible, but they are seeds that we will one day be held accountable for. The text says every idle word that you speak, you're going to be held accountable for. It's going to come back. See, words are seeds that you plant. And the Bible says in Genesis 8.22 that seed, time, and harvest will remain as long as the earth endures. And so if my words are seeds, 
then I'm going to give it some time. I'm going to see that harvest and the lack of mercy and the lack of grace and the lack of empathy that you sow out there in other people's noun, you may meet that same, you may meet that harvest in the future. And don't go to lie and talk about it's, it's the devil or the enemy or somebody picking on you. No, no, no. The text says in Galatians that, you know, be not deceived. What? Don't stop playing. In other words, stop playing. God is not no. God is not a joke. He set a principle in the earth. He says, whatever you sow, that you are going to reap. Now, in the context of Galatians, it's a positive text. He's talking about doing good to each other, doing good. And God is not to be played with that. When you do good to other people, guess what? But you're going to reap what you sow. But there is a principle there. There is a principle that is being revealed there, and that is, yeah, if you sow positive, you'll reap positive. But guess what? If you sow the seeds of negativity and being harsh and lacking mercy and lacking forgiveness and other, and listen, and I know it is difficult to do that sometimes, but you have to think about your tomorrow. You got to think about your tomorrow. See, I grew up, I grew up in a denomination uh, that, that in a, in a, in a, in a, you know, a theological understanding that sent everybody to hell. They threw everybody away. But what they didn't tell you is of their situations that were being covered up. And the folks, the main people that are always trying to, oh, why they do that? And they don't should, they should do that. And they are, I did not nah, to be in my life. You got to have this and be in my, and yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But what you don't know is that you've set yourself up to be uncovered because the moment you give me a standard, you expose yourself to become the standard, to be measured by the standard you give me. You know, I saw something on social media. <laughs> I saw something on social media, uh, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that started saying, hey, you know, uh, I, I, you know I, I want an emotionally intelligent man. And, you know, where can I get an emotionally intelligent man? Because men, the whole idea is that men are not emotionally intelligent, which is false, just a false notion, right? And, and so they let the girl understand. She thought, okay, here's what you're asking for. Um, an emotionally intelligent man understands how he's mastered his emotions. He knows what he feels. He requires, so he knows how to deal with sensitivity, but they are also the kind of guys that will walk a woman who does not have a, 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 a control over her emotions. He's not going to be as sensitive to your emotional ups and downs as you think. See, what you want is a man to handle your emotional, you know, trappings and your emotional instability. And you call that an emotionally intelligent man. no. He will be like, nah, you are toxic for my life. You don't bring peace to me, and that man will drop you. So when you ask for an emotionally intelligent man, you better make sure, guess what? You're an emotionally intelligent woman because an emotionally intelligent man is not going to deal with a toxic woman and vice versa, right? An emotionally intelligent woman will not deal with a toxic man. You're not good for my life. See, but you want you want a woman who understands her emotions and all that. Okay. All right. See, we don't know what we're asking for. And a lot of times we're just going along with what other people said. Yeah. 
We, you're, you're just going on with what other folks have said concerning your situation. And here is the reality. The reality is, is that if you don't, uh, how do I want to say this? If you don't, are not willing to do the work on you to measure up before you ask anybody to measure up to your standards, first of all, take a look in the mirror. Michael Jackson wrote a song, and I'm not talking about Thriller. I'm not talking about Want to Be Starting Something. I'm not talking about Billie Jean. I'm talking about Man in the Mirror. And he says, listen, I'm talking about the man in the mirror. I'm talking about I'm, I've got to be the one that makes the change. i got to take a look at myself in the mirror and make a change about me first. Let me handle me first. Let me hold myself accountable first before I go to making demands on my wife, on my children. Yeah, before I go to making demands on you, let me, yeah, let me go ahead and say, mm, yeah, we think, we really, really think that, that people are supposed, to, are supposed to succumb to our desires. But guess what? Are you thinking about their desires? I want a man that works. I want him to make such and so forth. And that's mainly to my young people because some of my older folks know, hey, they ain't going to always be that way. But some of my younger folks who's listening, yeah, you want a man. I want a man that works. Okay, that's what you require. You, I require he has to make six figures. And I got to, okay, but now he requires a woman to cook. Oh, wait, hold on. That's what he requiring? Yes. To make sure that she knows how to keep house. Oh, got quiet now. Huh? See, he's got requirements too. Well, well, no, no, well, well, you just place requirements on him. He got to make this and so that you can go, listen, he's more than just to get your nails done and your hair done. Right? He's more than just there to satisfy your needs because the truth of the matter is, is that the wife, the woman is the help meet suitable for the man. You're supposed to be helping him. Say amen, somebody. <laughs> How the old folks say, say amen. Absolutely. How are you going to put that standard on somebody else? And, you know, I'll, a lot of times I see things and I'm like, yo, you talking way out of your range right now. Way out of your range and experience. And because, because, People don't know your track record. People don't know your history. They'll go with you because it's what they're talking about in the times. But but let let somebody who knows you get in the meeting. Let somebody who knows you from 10, 20 years ago raise, your, raise their hand and say, well, wait a minute. Hold on. I was back there with you. Uh, uh, then the whole, then it's going to change. See, it's easy speaking and lying to a new audience. But nobody knows you and knows your history. But somebody out there knows you. This is why you got to hold yourself accountable. This is why you have to hold yourself to a place to where, okay, let me work on me. Before I get the point in my hand, what do I really believe? What, do, what is my responsibility in a relationship? How should I care for myself? 
How can can I can I can I buy myself a Mercedes? No. Then why is it a requirement for him to buy your Mercedes? For her to do this? Can you do this for you? you can you cook for yourself, sir? Then why are you trying to? You know, because if she couldn't cook, are you gonna cook? What what, what are you requiring? What? Well, I, I that's not how I was raised. But maybe maybe you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Maybe you were raised wrong. You listen, I know you love your mama and your daddy, but they may have been raised in a different time and a different sense of notion. She might have been taught that that was her role in life. And here it is, you in the two 2020s trying to find a woman like that? Huh? That's bad. That's, that, that's going to look good always. That's going to be a, 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 you know, a, a showpiece on your arm. That's going to be college degreed and intelligent. And, and you want to keep her in a place where she barefoot, barefoot and pregnant. And, and oh, no, you're not, sir, you're not going to find that. And if you do, something ain't right. You, it, you heard it here first. I told you. Right. Somebody on my, on my chat says, I find that there are plenty of people that expect to be the exception to the standards they try to push on other people. I agree. I agree. They want you want to be exception to the rules that you place on folks. That is the problem that I have with the GOP in politics. That is the problem that I have with the hyper-religious spiritual people in church. That is the problem that I have on with the folks on Wall Street. Right? That's the problem that I have on those kinds of people that sets rules uh, for other people, but they exempt themselves. From the rules, right? They say it's extremely hypocritical, not just, not just because they don't meet the standard, but because they think they should be allowed to be exempt from it. That's right. They think, thank you, P from Birmingham, they think that that's exactly what they're supposed to do, that, yeah, these rules don't apply to me. See, I can't listen. I can't listen to any of these people who talk about religious this in a Christian nation, and you're gonna vote for somebody who goes who's antithetical, who is diametrically the opposition to any of the scriptures and the standards that you would have set for Barack Obama or any former president, Bill Clinton, or even George W. Bush Jr. You said uh, that's then now this becomes about control. You want to use pro-life for abortion, but you have no problem killing Palestinian children. Wait a minute. How does that even work? Right then and there, your standards falter. Your standards are nothing compared to eternity. Why? Because you should be standing for all children, which means you don't. You're losing it as a political red herring. You're losing it to divide people, to make yourself seem better in the name of God. And you are not. You are covering for someone, covering up for someone who paid prostitutes, all of these things. But then you'll shut down prostitution and put the prostitute in jail, but you won't put the John in jail? Right? 
So here's the deal. You've got to make sure that you understand this double standard that you live in. We live in a world of double standards. But the idea is if you're going to put that standard on other people, you've got to at least be willing to measure that to, for yourself. If I say, hey, to be in my life, you got to walk this straight line. But should not, be, should not I be leading them on the straight line? This is not hard. This is not difficult. If you're going to say, hey, I want this kind of relationship, should you not be that person? You know, I heard David Mann, we call him Brown, right? <laughs> we call him Brown. And, you know, Mr. Brown, this is your granddaddy, you know. You, and he said, he was talking to, oh my goodness, uh, Willie Moore Jr. He was talking to Willie Moore Jr., another radio announcer. And he says, I tell everybody, I tell him, oh, he was at a women's conference. He says, and I need you, I need you women to take out your pads and write down at least 20 things that you want uh, that you want in a relationship, 20 things that are your non-negotiables in a relationship. And they were excited. Yeah, 20 things that's going to get you a man. I, 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 and I'm, he said they were just writing, writing, writing. And he thought, they thought he was going to say, okay, pray to God. He says, okay, become your list. Oh, oh. And, and the whole temperature changed in the room because they never thought about while they're writing this list, what am I, am I anything on the list? You wrote down 20 things you want somebody else to be, but you are nothing on that list. You're not anything you want on the list. How are you measuring up? That's the question of the day, Culture Call. How are you measuring up? You know, if you want a friend, you have to be friendly. If you're mean and cantankerous, you can't come back and say, nobody wants to be my friend. Well, duh. <laughs> right. You can't expect people to be friendly to you when you're not friendly to anyone else. You feel what I'm saying? But see, that's the way that we roll. That's the way that we roll. Our minds and our humanity, we never hold ourselves accountable. And we have to learn, am I measuring up to the standard that I have set for other people? That I cannot ask you to love me, first of all, if I don't love myself, and if I don't even show you love. I cannot ask, I cannot expect people to do something that I wouldn't do for myself. You know why Jesus can ask people to take up their cross? Because he took up his. We understand the principle when it comes to other people, but the issue is, is how are you measuring up? That is the question for the day. How are we measuring up? How are we doing with how, you know, with the standards that we set for ourselves? How are we dealing with that? Hmm? I think that's a good question. Listen, give me a call, 205-205-752-4800. Hit me up on the app. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, Culture Call. <laughs> with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. Listen, go ahead and get you some coffee. Get you a little uh, early brunch, a little snack, and keep it right here. There's much more to come. Don't miss it. This is a world we are back. It's the top of the hour right here on Praise 93.3, 11 a.m. and some change. And we're having a wonderful day right here on The Culture Call. Thank you all for listening. Absolutely, you make my day as we make each other's day as we learn together right here on The Culture Call. 
Listen, 205-752-4800, or you can definitely hit me up on your free 99 app that you downloaded on your smart device. That's right. You can hit me up and we can chat it up. And uh, as you already know, I'll read your comment on air because I need everybody to know exactly what's happening and what you're thinking about the show. And if you missed it, if you missed the beginning, guess what? Go ahead and subscribe to Culture Call on Apple Podcasts. That's right, Culture Call. Leave the article out. The is not necessary. Just type Culture Call and you'll see my face there and you can listen to all of our past shows. Yeah, you can listen to all of our archive shows, even to top of this one when they put it up. Listen, just got a few community announcements really quickly. Number one, I just got a uh, 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 notice from uh, Councilman Cassius Lanier to remind everybody, all the parents, to listen to this. This is the last day to register for the December ACT. That's right. The December ACT for students uh, to qualify the standardized test uh, to qualify to get secondary uh, to post-secondary education to college and university of their choice. Today is the last day that you can do it. Uh, your counselors, go ahead. They have uh, vouchers for those of you who may not be able to afford it. Doesn't matter. Go ahead. And uh, the counselor, the student advisors have uh, particular vouchers that they can offer assist with the cost. So go ahead and do that today. Listen, that, uh, of course, there are many schools. There are many schools that uh, are moving away from uh, the ACT and the SAT as requirements for entry. However, not all of them are, right? You would have to go to that particular school's website to find out what they require. Um, uh, quite a few of them are moving away from it, but there are still some uh, that require the ACT. And you need to know where you are before the new year because, yeah, uh, if you're thinking about going to colleges, uh, December, January, uh, February, as a matter of fact, you should have already applied. And because a whole lot of schools have waiting lists, they have waiting lists. And, um, you know, those waiting lists are getting long, longer and longer, especially if they're HBCUs, because uh, a lot of people are, are coming to HBCUs and not just black folks. Uh, white people are too, you know, all Hispanics, everyone. Uh, they want that HBCU experience. So you might think that you've got enough time, March, April. No, that's graduation time. And you should already know whether you've been accepted by or not by that time. But the only way that you can do that is you got to take everything step-by-step, um, measure-by-measure, and that is completing, successfully completing the ACT, right? So if you're going to college next spring, you might want to take this last ACT of 2023 in December and go ahead and see your guidance counselor, your school counselor, uh, ask about the voucher, do that and uh, see how you can get on so you won't miss it. So that you, you can, you know, do your very best to uh, be a part of that test. So you'll know where you stand when it comes to, you know, what colleges you have available to you. So uh, thank you, Councilman Lanier, for hitting us up and letting us know to announce that parents stay on your children. Stay on them. Yeah, they are a part of sports and band and all that kind of, they got so many other social activities. Yeah, you need to stay on them. Well, why didn't you tell me? Because they're kids and they preoccupied with other things they want to be preoccupied for. They are not preoccupied or thinking about the SAT or the ACT. They're not, I'm telling you right now, they are not. So you're going to have to remind them, hey, 
uh, text him in class and say, hey, I need you to go ahead and see the counselor. And that's for that voucher for the December ACT. Absolutely. Listen, uh, the Alabama Entrepreneurship Institute uh, and this week, this coming week, uh, the 13th or the 17th, or a couple of weeks from now, the 13th or the 17th, yeah, it's Global Entrepreneurship Week. That's right. And they want us to announce to you that you can join the celebration, the Tuscaloosa celebrations, right? And so they've extended this uh, program called the River Pitch uh, Competition. Yeah, uh, it's been extended until the 5th of November. So uh, if you got a pitch for your business, for an idea, uh, you know, if you if you ever seen sharks, <laughs> the, the or shark or whatever whatever that is that show that has people entrepreneurs coming before these investors making a pitch for their business, well, that's what River Pitch comp- the competition is about, and uh, uh, ten contestants will each win one thousand dollars, right? And so you can go ahead, go to the uh, UA website, University of Alabama. And look up the Global Entrepreneurship Week. It should be right on the front of that. Definitely, you want to be a part of that uh, uh, that experience. There are people that are willing to invest money in your dream and your vision, but you got to get up and be a part of what is going on. Absolutely. Listen, I want to take a point of personal privilege and invite all of you uh, to the 33rd church anniversary celebration of the Impact Nation Fellowship Church, the amazing church that I pastor right here in the city of Tuscaloosa. Friday night is our musical concert with our choir. Yeah, our nationally recording choir. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be uh, in concert on Friday. And then on Saturday, we're going to have an amazing uh, uh, all-white and sneaker gala at the Tuscaloosa River Market. That's right. Uh, it's $53 per person, and uh, it starts at 7 p.m. Yeah, November 11th, you want to be there. It's featuring the 333 band. Yeah, and I've heard them, and they are something else. They are awesome. And so I want to send out a special invitation. And of course, on that Sunday morning at 1030, we'll be there culminating our celebration for 33 years. God has been so good to us for 33 years. I am honored uh, to continue the legacy of my father-in-law, of my father-in-love. That's right. I really never have in-laws. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I have been there pastoring for 27 years. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am inviting you to come out and celebrate with the Impact Nation Fellowship Church. I'm telling you, if you don't listen, you got to come out ready to have some church because we do. We praise, we worship, we have a good time celebrating the Lord. And we are going to celebrate him that next weekend uh, for 33 years of existence. Yeah, we know that 33 years is probably the, on the young side uh, of churches in our city. But I'm telling you, we uh, there's been some phenomenal people, phenomenal work, uh, phenomenal folks that have risen from our church who are all around the country that we impact even from their college years. And then they go all around the country and do amazing things. We are expected to have an amazing event next week. So yeah, be a part of that. And uh I would love to see and meet you and greet you on next week being a part of our celebration. Listen, and you don't even have to wait. You can come Sunday and we can start the party on Sunday because <laughs> I promise you, you will be blessed at the Impact Nation Fellowship Church. 1110 26th Avenue East right there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama on in the Alberta city. 
section of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Absolutely. Listen, if you have any announcements, culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Again, that's culturecall.praise at gmail.com. Send your announcements, yeah, uh, and to that email address, or you can hit me up on Facebook and drop me a message uh, in the culture call page, on the culture call page, on the culture call page. <laughs> Don't do it on my personal web, the, my, my personal uh, page. Do it on the culture call page and send me a message and I will definitely, definitely announce it because uh, I want everybody to know uh, what's going on in your negative woods, as I always say, and I want them to be a part of the amazing things that's happening uh, in our city. Good deal. Good deal. So we've been talking about this whole idea of measuring up, holding ourselves accountable, making sure that our expectations, yeah, that 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 the expectations are, you know, how it needs to be, you know, are, are mutually, you know, going back and forth. That they are, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to say a nice word, but yeah, don't ask for something that you're not willing to become. Can you meet your own standard? Can you, can, can, can you meet what you're requiring at the table? Can, can you do that? Can you do that first? So, yeah, we, we definitely need to have, have that conversation in our community. No doubt about it. So, listen, this whole idea of, you know, meeting your own standards. So, uh, Bishop, I know you finna tell us how we can do that. Because maybe, you know, first of all, you've got to be truthful to yourself. And the main three things that this requires is, number one, self-reflection. You know where you've been. You know what your background is. You know what you've done. You know what you're capable of doing. Yeah, you know how you've handled things in the past. So, yeah, self-reflection. Ref yeah. Make sure you, you look at yourself first. And then, number two, be self-aware. Self-awareness is key, y'all. There are some people that talk, that, that speak, and that, that, that suggest things and that set standards. And I, I'm like, you cannot be aware of you. You, you, you. you have to be aware of your own self. You got to be. You got to know yourself. And then, you number three, you have to have a commitment to your own personal growth. That's how you measure up. That's how you measure up. That's how you begin to work on you so that when you are, have these opportunities for different relationships and you have input in various places, you will know for yourself that I can say these things because if, it were, if they were ever required of me, I can bring that, what, to the table. You see? Absolutely. So you got to start with number one, self-reflection. Number two, awareness, self-awareness. And number three, a personal commitment to grow. Do you really want to grow or do you think you're already there yet? And if you think you're already there that they're already there yet, then let me, let me, um, let me bust your bubble with a very small needle. You're not. All of us who are still living, no matter what age we are, can still learn and still grow and still become better. We still can become better. Better for ourselves and then better for others. 
not just in intimate relationships, but platonic relationships, just for our friends and our family. You know, we can become better people for them when we are dedicating ourselves to becoming and growing better and how we view ourselves, how we treat ourselves, and understanding that we are all people in progress. You know? Were you wanting somebody to impress you? Are you? Have you ever thought about that the person might think that, you know, taking you to Applebee's is impressive? Because have you ever thought about their background? Have you ever thought about what they, where they come from? Have you ever thought about there, were, there was a time when you... You, you listen, used to go to Applebee's and order them chicken fingers and riblets with fries and thought that you were living high on the hog. I know you've been exposed to new things, but have you ever thought about that? Everybody doesn't have the same level of exposure. They don't have the same level of exposure. Therefore, they don't have the same level of growth and expectation. That it would be very fine if you took them to Applebee's, but you feel like you need Perry's Steakhouse. You feel like you need Fleming's. You need, you need an upper class, you know. Uh, all the, uh, Yeah, I get it. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong to have standards for yourself, but what I am saying is have you ever thought about the fact that there was a time when you were not exposed to those particular restaurants and that person who you, who you like, you're going to trade a relationship because you didn't go... To a high-end restaurant that they could pay you could pay two hundred dollars for the bill. You mean you're not gonna take this fifty-four dollars and fifty-seven cents from Applebee's? You're not gonna do that to, just to get to know. I got to take you and spend three, four hundred dollars just to get to know you? Nah, nah, nah. Right? You know, one one of the things I was talking about in terms of helping people really understanding what it means to measure up and how to get there is you got to begin really, truly, hear me, y'all. You got to begin to really define your expectations. I mean, what are you expecting out of this? If we are just meeting for the first time and this is our initial date that we don't even know if we're compatible yet, we don't know if we like to say, we just, we just feel like we want to give an opportunity. Of, you, you, your expectation is that I take you out there because there are many people that probably could, but you don't even know that individual. They could be like, because some guys who are high-powered will take you out, but if they're spending that kind of money, something else coming with it. You feel what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So they're expecting something else. Why you want this high-powered guy? His thing's like, okay, well, if I'm shelling out this money, what you shelling out? Well, no, you just, I, this is how you should be supposed to treat me. Well, he's got expectations too. So you need to define your expectations because a lot of times you could be asking, uh, you know, for an expectation that's going to put you in a trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Clear, then to be clearly articulated, hey, let's go to Waffle House. We're just getting to know each other. That's all we're doing. Let's meet at the park. That, you know, let's, things like, 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 like that. Why do I have to invest so money just to get to know you, just to be able to talk to you? The standards of people are so twisted. They so want to be on a show. They so want to be extra and they want to be famous and they want to be this and that, that they see on social media. You really, that's not the average person. A lot of that stuff, as we are finding out, is scripted. They are actors. 
They are. You know? You know, you need a time where there is no distraction. You need to, you, listen, you want to be the, the, the best person and the most authentic, unique person that you, you can be in that first meeting and that first engagement and that first connection. And I know we were just talking about relationships here, but yeah, you need to define your expectations for yourself and for others. But now I'm not going to do nothing and I'm not going to bring nothing to the table. But here's what I expect. That's unrealistic. Now, I know that there might be people who are willing to play that game, but I can tell you those kind of people are not necessarily who you want to be spending the rest of your life with. You don't even want to be in that company. You don't want to be a part of that job because they're going to have requirements. So you have to define your expectation. And then after you define your expectation, here's the next one. Drum roll, please. Assess your own behavior. That if they asked you the same thing, if they asked you to do the same thing for them, would you be willing to do it? Take an honest look at your own actions and your own attitude and your own behavior. Right. Are you consistently meeting? You mean to tell me every time you go out, you go to a five-star restaurant, every time you go out, you spend $150, $200 every time? Every time? You, you never have the tendency to pull up in a, in a McDonald's drive-thru? You, 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 no, never? Really? Not, not, yeah. they, you're not a real individual. You're not a human. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, that, that, that a lot of times we, that things end up in a place that we don't want them to because we never properly assess our own behavior. Can you measure up? And you have to be honest with yourself because you have to identify those areas where you may fall, watch this, where you may fall short. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You have to identify those areas and be willing to acknowledge and address them. Yeah, I'm a screw up right here. I yeah, I ain't got it together right here. I know I asked her to do this, but yeah, I can't even I can't even support that. I can't I can't even measure up to myself. I asked him to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I put that kind of situation on them. But you know, it was it was funny. I was looking at a show and the young lady said to to the guys, like, yo, I need a I'm a man that don't have any children and he's got a, you know, he's making uh at least six figures the low he can start from the low six figures, but he gotta have this and he's gotta have his own pad and all this kind of thing. And so the guy's like, Okay, no problem. Uh, uh uh okay, no problem. Um, but I want a girl with no kids. He said, How many children do you have? She says, Three. Wait a minute. Hold it. <laughs> Where do you live? Well, I live with a roommate. Oh, 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 okay. So you and your roommate live with three kids. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, how much? How much money do you make on your job? Uh, I, I, I make like like thirty five, forty. But you want me to make a hundred? You want me to have no kids? And you want me to have my own house? How are you gonna help me? You all at least have, see, because she was making demands but not assessing her, assessing her own life and her own behavior. You know? And it was like, do all of your three kids have the same daddy? Well, no. Two, you know, it's two, two baby daddies but three kids. I had two by one. But you don't want me to have one? Are you serious? 
This is what we're doing today. You see how that you see how that goes? Coach Carl, y'all see how that goes? That's the kind of yeah. And a lot of us, you want your your your, your kids to get married and all that kind of stuff, but this is the kind of streets <laughs> they living in. You know, uh, earlier this year, I did a whole series on there's something in the dating pool. And this is what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our children are being told, our young adults are being told they got to do all this, do all this in order to just date, in order to just get a date with somebody. And yeah, that's what they're facing. That's why a lot of them like, yo, I don't want this. Because if it got to be on this level, yeah, if it's got to be on this level, then I don't want it. Yeah, and a lot of us were raised from families where we watched watched our mothers and our fathers and our grandparents make it together. That they came in the 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 whole marriage piece together, and they built homes together, and they reared children together, and they got to a place where you know uh, that that you could see how it would not have happened if it wasn't happening again. There's nobody, there, there are very few in this generation that's willing to struggle. And they hate that word struggle. And that word struggle doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, they're not, I'm not willing to live in no apartment. Where, where you live now? I live with my parents. Okay. <laughs> but you're not willing to live in no apartment? Okay, I get it. But maybe if we could do this together, but no, uh-uh, you got to have this for me when I come in. Well, do you know how to clean up a four-bedroom house? Ain't nobody starting over. No, Listen, you want me to start up with a four-bedroom, three-bathroom house? Really? That's the starting point? Just to have a cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts? Well, come on, y'all. That's ridiculous. Right? Here's another one. You got to practice self-reflection. If you're going to get out of this method, if you're going to get out of this mindset of you having standards for everybody else, but nobody has standards for you, you got to practice self-reflection. One of, my, one, one, one of the texts I really love to bring up every now and then when I'm ministering or preaching this to, to a church is the text where Paul says in Ephesians, and such was, but such were some of you, but God, who is rich in mercy. Such were some of you, right? When you go to pointing your finger at people and being super judgmental and throwing out scripture and sending people to Hades, casting them into darkness and writing off their lives, things that Jesus never did, did not. Hello, did not. We, we take liberties to do things that Christ never did. Paul reminds us, mm, such was some of you. So calm down. Calm down. I know you are called saints now. I get it. I know you're a part of the ecclesia now, those who called out of darkness and into the marvelous night now. I know that's what your resume says now, but I need you to go back and remember if it had not been, huh? For the Lord who was on your side, if it had not been for somebody sharing and taking up time and being patient with you, where you would have been. I know you're the district missionary and the presiding elder now. I know that you're the preacher. You got a turn back collar and a holler and a cross in your pocket and a ring on your finger. I know all of those things. That now you are un, you're you're under the, in the in a place where a steeple. I know that's what you're doing now. But I need you to reflect on where you used to be. 
Yeah, where you where you used to go and what you used to do. And I need you to be mindful of how you judge other people's today and you forget all about your yesterday. Well, my yesterday is under the blood. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, and what does that mean? And, and what does that mean? All of us have that testimony. And if we really understand it, everybody, everybody's uh, stuff is under the blood. They have to accept the one that bled. However, yeah. But he, done, he did it for the whole world, once and for all. So while we're being judgmental on a generation of XYZ and ABC, you know, uh, I, I stopped talking about, you know, how these kids dress and all that. My God, what they wearing that? Because when you go back and look at some of the stuff we wore in the 70s, <laughs> some of the artists, what they wore in the 70s, I'm talking about men, mid-riffs out, bell-bottoms, tight, yeah, everything. You, I, we need to slow down how we judging what they're doing today because guess what? There is nothing new under the sun and a lot of the stuff they're doing today, they got from yesterday. Absolutely. So we always need to self-reflect and, and regularly think about what you thought and your emotions and your behaviors and former times and think about, yeah, where you used to be because that's helpful and how you develop empathy for right now. Think about when you messed up. Think about when you got caught and somebody loved you anyhow. Think about all of those things before you set this high righteous standard. I get it. I get it. Part of the whole idea is forgetting those things are which behind you. But that does not give you the right to judge that which is before you. To castigate and to 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 uh to send folks to to hell by what they're doing now simply because you forgot about you. No, 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 no. You forget so it won't so it won't stop you from progressing. You don't forget so it can wipe your slate clean to judge other people. Come on, let's get that right. You don't forget so, oh, well, that's, uh, that's yesterday. That's been 10, 20, 30 years ago. All right, cool. But that, that forgetting does not give you the right. When Paul says in Philippians, forgetting those things that are behind you, he also covers it and reaching for the things which are ahead, pressing toward the mark. He's not saying forgetting so you can judge or forgetting so that you can be the ruler and the standard for other people's lives and that you can tell them what they are so wrong. That's not why he said that. No, I forget so that whatever happened in my life will not stop me from progressing toward the mark that God has set for, before me, the higher calling of God in Christ. That's, how, that's why he says forget it, because if you keep thinking about it, you're never going to give yourself a chance. That ain't forgetting so you can go to your children or your grandchildren or anybody else and say, mm, y'all so messed up. The world going to hell in the handbasket. Well, if it didn't go to hell in the handbasket while you was in the juke joint and while you was doing all this, when you were younger, then it ain't, that. guess what? It ain't going now. It ain't going now. You feel me? You got to begin to, to self-reflect. And then here's another one. You got to seek feedback. Because that's the way you know. You start asking people, have I ever made you feel this way before? Have I ever made you feel like you could never measure up? Do you, do you think I got a standard in my life, a standard for you that is hard for you? 
You know, have I ever put more on you than than you can bear? Now, you see, you need to get that feedback because that's going to help. You. They're going to provide some insight, some valuable insight and help you self-adjust. Yeah. And if they say, yeah, you, 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 you kind of hard to deal with, then you apologize and, and adjust, apologize and change. You thought I was too judgmental, too harsh on you? Yeah, I really, you made me feel bad. Yeah, then you have to change. Change that. Don't be like, well, I guess I'm her. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because guess what? When you see yourself in the eyes, in the situation of other people, it should soften your heart. That if you have been given mercy and grace, you ought to give that to someone else too. Yeah. Listen, this is the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. We're having an amazing day, having a great conversation. I need you to keep it right here. Don't miss it. This is a world premiere. And we are back right here on the Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, Praise 93.3. Listen, we're having a powerful conversation. Listen, I don't know how many of y'all remember this. <laughs> this, is, this is for my 70s sitcom, black sitcom, Sanford and Son. And I just was thinking about this during, during the break. I was, <laughs> and I got tickled in my own, my own self, my own self, you know. Here's the deal. So, y'all remember when uh, this guy came from St. Louis, Big Money Grip, and, and Big Money Grip said to uh, Grady, and Grady came to Fred and said, Big Money Grip said that Lamont is his son, implying uh, that he had had relations with Fred's late wife, Elizabeth. And so, you know, Fred called Esther over on Esther. Y'all, now, y'all know on Esther is a judgmental, sanctified, religious. She, I mean, listen, she speaks in tongues, and then the next minute she'll call you, you know, a, 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 a sucker or whatever. You know, she might tell you, you know. And so... You know, Honesta has this real high standard. I mean, and that was just her character uh, played by LaWanda Page. And and they got to it and she finally met Big Money Grip and she's like, they're ready to fight. And and big and she said, bro, prove it. And Big Money Grip said, hey, you know, it was the room on the back of the house next to the kitchen. And she said, see how he lying? That was my room. <laughs> right? And he said, yeah. And, and everybody started laughing. Nobody gets it yet, you know. And then he said, well, did you used to wear big curlers in your hair? She said, see, that was my room. And then Fred said, Esther, I think who Grip was really with was you. And then Fred said, don't you remember? You don't remember anything. And she put her hands on her ears she, and shook her head. She's like, he was out without sin. Let him cast the first stone. Y'all remember that? Man, that is such a hilarious episode. But I think it brings to bear this moment that we're talking about right now. Because the reality is, it is ye who without sin, let him cast the first stone. It is it is learning how to have that level of empathy, learning how to, to understand that in every case and in every situation, we may and or may not measure up that we are people in progress, as I say all the time, and that we have we bring a certain context. And the context you don't want to bring to relationships on any level 
is setting the standard so high for other people that, mm, yeah, you broke it yourself or you wouldn't, you wouldn't measure up to that standard, you know? And so you want exoneration for you, but execution for other people. Say that again. You want exoneration and mercy for you, but you want, yeah, you want execution in an electric chair for everybody else. And that's not the standard. That shouldn't be the standard. And then if you view life that way, life got a way of bringing a big money grip out of the closet. Because that whole scenario was about Aunt Esther and checking her. That whole scenario was about, hey, you ain't always been what you say you've been. I, we see how you judge people, and we see how you running folks out the house and how you judge Fred and how you judge Lamont, but you, you forgot. You don't even want to tell your story because of how bad your story was. And that's life has a way of doing that to us. When we get beside ourselves and we start getting an amplified and an elevated uh, aspect of of our own history and our own rights and part of the story, they did me wrong, and this is why I'm this way. And this, no, and you don't ever say what you did, right? She got a good dose of medicine of what how people feel and what people think when you judge them, when you set a standard, righteousness and holiness. I be, and all that stuff I believe, but we are still pursuing that every day. We have to have that mindset oppressing every day. People get better every day. That guy that's working, that's only making minimum wage now, if you give him some time, he might be a millionaire. And in about four or five years, you never know how life is going to change. And that's sometimes because we don't set realistic goals. We don't. We don't set realistic goals for ourselves, be, um, for others, because we don't have realistic goals for ourselves, right? We set the very the bar so very high for others because we are setting it where we wish we could reach. But we are holding them to that standard to be that now while we're still, what, in progress. We are still in progress, and all of us need to bring to bear that notion and that understanding that, that you know, instead of ex expecting immediate perfection, we need to maybe praise God every day for incremental progress. Huh? Did y'all hear? Did you hear what I just said? Instead of holding everybody to the standard of immediate perfection, then we probably, we probably, not probably, we do, we need to understand that all of us are on the road to incremental progress. Yes, we're getting better day by day. And that means I'm looking at the person who may not be doing as well as I am. But guess what? I understand that I've not always been where I am. I ain't always been a preacher. I, I haven't always done that. I haven't always been this guy, you know, and this guy still has things to work on, you know? And I think that's why parents have children. I really do. And I think it is heaven's uh, a way of letting our children reflect some of the whole things that we did. 
so that God can see, see, now, now, now what you going to do? How you going to handle that? How you going to try to beat you out of them? And there's a lot of people that, that does that. You see yourself in your child and you're trying to beat you out of them and calling them. But listen, you, they got it from you. You know, the other day, the other day I was, my, my wife and I were, uh, we were getting ready to go somewhere or maybe I was getting ready and she was helping me do something. And I just started, you know, pss, 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 pss. and she says, do you know you do that a lot? And I was like, what are you talking about? She says, you know, you beatbox with your mouth a lot. I said, no, I just, I, I just don't think. She says, yeah, you've done that a lot over the years. You know, she said, I said, well, I guess that's where my son get it from. Because he, he used to do that all the time. He used to do it all, all the time. And I really never noticed that I did it until she brought it out. Right? And we will be surprised at what our children get from us. Right? And, and, and somebody tells you, well, they're disrupting. And then you're trying to beat the disruption out of them, not understanding that that disruption comes to them innately. It's in their DNA. You're putting them on punishment for things that you got away with. Right? That's not fair. That's not right. That's not right. Instead of doing that, you should say, hey, okay, some people don't understand how we are. Some people don't understand that you're musical. Some people don't understand this. And so do your best. Because I'm not going to persecute you like they think I should. No. Because if it was their child, They'd be trying to find all kind of loopholes for the other kids to get out. So, no, I'm not going to do that to my child. No. I'm going to hold us accountable, and I'm going to have a conversation and say, hey, I know X, Y, Z, uh, Mr. This said that you do this in class, and he says that's disrupting people. I know it ain't disrupting nobody except maybe him. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold yourself accountable and be mindful of that. Because he doesn't want you to do that in the class. Why are you going to beat them, beat the skin off of them for things they got from you? Why would you do that? Just to appease somebody who doesn't, why would you forget? And it was so funny. We, she and I, my wife and I, we just laugh, laugh, laugh. Because immediately, immediately, we thought about my son. <laughs> we just, and we just started laughing. You see, a lot of the things that we hate about other people are things that are resident inside of ourselves. And so instead of expecting immediate perfection from people, maybe you need to give them the mercy and the grace of incremental progress. That people get better day by day. Watch this. When they, number one, see you get better and when you acknowledge that we're all in progress. We're all trying to get better. We're all learning. We're all growing. I'm grateful. Other week I was talk, preaching to the church and just talking to him. I said, I am grateful that, you know, that my wife, who was my girlfriend in college at the time, didn't judge me by the standards that y'all judge each other today. I said, because when she got with me, I didn't have anything, you know, uh, when, when, when I asked her to marry me, all I had was a mattress on the floor, her picture and my children's picture uh, on, 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 the, on, a, on an apartment floor in Jacksonville, Florida. That's all I had. I didn't have no furniture, anything. But she's like, okay, well, we're going to get married and we're going to make this happen 
And my her dad said, hey, you gonna, listen, I need you to get your kids. I'm believing God that's going to help you get your kids together and all this kind of stuff. Come, come, come get your family. Now, <laughs> her mother-in-law, did, my mother-in-law <laughs> didn't want us to take the babies. <laughs> like, well, y'all leave them here and y'all get yourself together. We did for a little while, but then we came back and got our babies. <laughs> right? And we started off with one paycheck. With one paycheck. Yeah, and people say, well, that was you. That was back then. How do you think I am? Times ain't changed that much. You know, she worked a job and I did my little side hustles until I got a full-time job. Right? But what we did promise, we promised each other that every year we would get better. We will build whatever we have together. Now, now God has blessed us our togetherness and looking at each other and giving each other grace and mercy and, and allowing each other to progress to get better and not judging each other for what we didn't have. Yeah, we might have said some things back in the day. I wish you could and I wish you could and I wish I had and I wish. I, yeah, I get that. That's a part of relationship. But yeah, it was that progress that made us stronger. And you can never expect to strengthen or fortify or even establish any relationship when your everyday standards are not met. If you're not willing to be a part of somebody's life to help them build, if you're not willing to take some individual by the hand and say, hey, you ain't got to worry about me leaving you. You ain't got to worry about me judging you. Hey. And I think sometimes we, we, we make the excuse to say, well, times are different times. No, you'd be surprised with what patience and commitment will do. You will be surprised that I'm not judging you for what you can't do. You can't cook, I can, so we're going to eat. You clean up better than me, you handle the money better than me, then I know I'm the man, I'm supposed, he's supposed to handle the money. No, if you do that better than me, then I'm, yeah, then you can have that. We are partnership. You feel what I'm saying? That, that I'm not setting a standard that she can't raise or she can't meet and, and, and she's not setting a standard that I can't meet. And that's how it should be in everything that we do. That we should learn how to hold ourselves accountable and be willing to continue to grow. To not get so addicted to immediate perfection. But love each other through incremental progress. That's right. That's what we should do. That is the way to do it. Be empathetic with someone. With other people. That they may just not know. They may not have been exposed like you have been. Find grace for every face that you see. I'm going to say it again. Find grace for every face that you see. Listen, this is The Culture Call with yours truly, L. Spencer Smith, right here on Praise 93.3. Got a little bit more to go. I need you to keep it right here. Don't miss it. Listen, it's been an amazing day on the culture call. And unfortunately, yeah, we are at the end of another show. But guess what? There is much more to come. I want to remind you of our conversation today as you move through the week, the weekend, actually. 
as you go forward in life, period, to develop this understanding that we all are still trying to learn how to navigate life. Man, we are trying to do this the best way we know how. And some days, we get it right. Yeah, some, some, some days, we, 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 we hit it on the target. Some days, we are right on the, the, the steps of ordered paths. You know, we, we get it right. But then there are some days where we need a little grace and mercy for, you know, for the things that we do wrong, the things that we don't measure up always. And so, you know, I'm not saying not to have a standard. I mean, because you have to have a standard. I'm not saying not to have some level of, of, you know, regulation, some level of aspect of how people should treat you and, and what you expect, you know. None of us expect to go to a restaurant and and have food thrown at us or the waitress or the waiter is nasty or the maitre d' doesn't seat us properly. N- none of us expect that. N- none of us should expect that when someone says they want to know us, they, they do the very bare minimum, you know, uh, in trying to, to reach us and trying to impress us. N- that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is that you should never expect something that you are not willing to do. See, I don't tolerate bad service because I know if I were in their position, I would be a great servant. I know that they would have a quality experience if I served them. You know, I'm, I, I'm, a, good, I'm a good person who is a, a friend because I know, you know, they, I, I, that's what I require. I don't tell people's business and stuff. That's not what I do because, hey, if I give you a secret, if I give you an innermost a, a struggle or whatever I'm going through, I expect you to keep it from me. So what we're saying is, is we're not, first of all, what we're not saying is not to have standards. Definitely not for your life. But what, you, what I am saying is practice your standards so much that people will be willing to give you back to you. You see that? Practice and live out your requirements so much that when people see you, they will know that in order to be in your life, in your world, they've got to give that same thing back to you. That's all that we're saying. And when we do that for each other, you're going to see how relationships change, lives change. You're going to see how your people want you to be in their space because they know they don't come away, uh, come away or, or even in your presence feeling judged or put down. They feel empowered. They, they, they feel engaged. They feel like someone believes in me. They believe that you are a part of their team on their progress. And that you want to abandon them, abandon them because they're not simply on the, a certain level that you think they should be on. No. That you show them Christ humanity in the world. Listen, this has been a great show. But at the, as my grandmama and my mama would say at the end of every phone call, I love you a bushel, I love you a peck, and I love you a hug around the neck. This has been The Culture Call. I'll catch you all on Monday. That's right for another week of amazing shows. Listen, do good to all, love somebody, be kind to them, and have a great day. Peace.